What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Ty and Bob Pod here at Golong, golongtd.com. 100% fueled by our readers, our subscribers. No ads, no corporate, no corporations, none of that. It's all about you. We cannot thank you enough for supporting, for investing. It's greatly appreciated. Honestly, Bob, that is the reason I get up in the morning ready to roll, ecstatic. Granted, I do I still do need a good pot of coffee, but even before that that first sip of coffee, the fact that uh we've got these readers that that they need the content. That's it's all the juice you need. They're How committed, the hell are you doing, man. Good to have you back. I'm doing I'm doing terrific, T. I had a a week sojourn, uh, week's holiday, as they say over in the UK. So I'm uh, I'm pumped up and um, ready to roll here this morning. You went out to God's country, correct? We flew to Bozeman, okay, Montana, and then a uh, couple days, nights in Yellowstone. Old Faithful stayed in a snow cabin right near Old Faithful. I had never been in the park before. And I hadn't been to Montana since about age eight on a family vacation. And um, we saw Butte. Butte is a really old, beat-up gold mining town. Uh, Rough around the edges, Tyler. Butte was something else. We stayed in Helena for three nights, the capital. And we saw Bozeman. And then we saw the football game in Missoula. So that was, uh, everything went great. It was a great trip. I love it. Gosh. Uh, I haven't seen the show Yellowstone. I know everybody has. Have you? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great, great podcast topic. Then let's talk about a show neither one of us has ever seen. Um, but I will say this: like, I think my favorite band right now, my brother tells me because he loves Yellowstone, is is featured prominently in Yellowstone. Whiskey Myers, hell of a band. I know we talk music a lot. You got to check out Whiskey Myers. It's, okay, uh, I will. It's like modern Southern rock. There's not a lot of Southern rock these days. It's Texas country-ish Southern rock. Um, just saw them in concert here in Western New York. It was it was phenomenal. Love those guys. Probably seen them three, four times. Every time they're through Western New York, make a point. So Southern rock to me uh, is mindful of Leonard Skinner, right? That's, that, that Do they sound it? like them? Very, very similar to Skinner, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's like a it's not really country like you would think country. It's there Texas country is its own genre, which is probably my favorite genre. Turnpike Troubadours, Tyler Childers, Sturgill Simpson. Well, Sturgill's a little psychedelic sometimes. You know, down those lines, Ryan Bingham, Coulter Wall is is the voice of a of a god. Yeah, that's that's what we uh that's what we listen to here. Zach Bryan is a star now. Zach Bryan's mainstream. Um, that's what uh, Sonny loves dancing to in the basement. We, we put on that Zach Bryan. Even Ella. Ella has a favorite song. Um, if she wants a cowboy, she likes that one. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's the best music, man. But, yeah, Whiskey. I, I want to watch Yellowstone just because of Whiskey Myers. And I think I better watch it now, too. And if you haven't seen uh, Succession, we just finished that up. You'd love Succession. Great show. It's such a catch 22 though i mean you were probably in this same boat once upon a time where you know you, you work all day you're you're juggling dad duties all of that you put the kids down 7 38 o'clock and you know 
you know, with sleep regressions and whatnot, it might be a 4 a.m. wake up and, and you might have woken up two or three times during the night. It's like, do you really do you really invest into a show or do you read a little bit and crash? So that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, but that's not why everybody's tuning in right now. They want to make sense of what in the hell happened at Lambeau Field. Uh, the Green Bay Packers clubbed over the head, I suppose is the best way to put it, by the Detroit Lions. It it was an obliteration. Uh, the Lions just dominated. I'd say from the onset, but Rudy Ford did have that interception to start the game and then three and out field goal. And from that point on, the, the Lions just beat up the Packers. You know, Green Bay did make it a game. If they get that two-point conversion in the second half, it's an eight-point game. That's the NFL for you. Um, it's kind of becoming basketball where every team makes a run. But I, I think it was a convincing win for Detroit. First things first, speaking of music, did you catch Lil Wayne leading the Packers out of the tunnel? Let me mention this, Tyler, how I uh, – this was like something out of the 1950s. Um, we're driving about eight during – first quarter of this game in the pitch dark from West Yellowstone to our snow cabin. Okay. Uh, nothing on FM radio, nothing on AM radio. When the game has started a rocky time, it would have started at six fifteen. We finally get a Boise AM radio station, real staticky. <laughs> so I'm listening to the first quarter a little bit on the Westwood one broadcast, you know, just straining to hear driving around these hairpin turns. And then the Boise radio station conked out the further we got to the east, to the west. There's no TV in the snow cabin, no internet connection, nothing. And uh, didn't know anything about the results until the next morning. We went to the lodge and used uh, my wife's internet connection. Then I saw the final score. So I was one quarter in. It was still a competitive game. I had no idea when we went to bed. You know, it was kind of nice, Tyler. Isn't it was just great? the last friend. The last frontier kind of thing. You have no idea what's going on. You're not connected. And it was awesome. <laughs> I just find myself feeling happier as, as a human being when I'm, I'm cut off from technology. We need more of that. It's, it's so true. I mean, it just reminds me of being a kid and uh, being a Charlotte Hornets fan, you know, like 94, 95, 96. So I'm like, what, five, six, seven years old, whatever it is. And you waited. You had to wait for the Sports Center highlight. And they might not even really show a highlight. They might just give you the score. And there's no bottom line at that point. So you're kind of toggling between Sports Center and, and CNN headline news. Headline news did have the scores at the bottom. And I just remember like bracing, bra- like on the edge of my seat, waiting for that score to crawl across the bottom. So that was basically Bob, right? You're just a, a giddy little schoolboy. You can't wait to see what happens to your Green Bay. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what it was. You know, when I was in high school, Tyler, it was um, um, the newspaper came, you know, in the morning or in the afternoon, the Escanaba Daily Press. So you could get a Milwaukee paper, but it was an early deadline. You could get that delivered, but um, you'd have on the hour on like the ABC radio network, they would cut to some guy and he'd give like about, a, he'd give the scores, maybe three minutes of scores, a sports uh, bleep kind of blip. And that's where, you know, we found out about the Indianapolis 500 or some heavyweight title bout, or that's the way it was, man. Yeah. 
and now it's kind of romantic instantaneous takes analysis spewing opinion in real time anything happens anybody with access to social media can just shout which is yeah like maybe we think it's better but I'm, i'm with you i like the antiquated um peacefulness of that all so so everybody knows uh, Bob is not going to be breaking down Packers Lions off of a scratchy in and out uh FM Montana whatever the hell you just said radio station Boise did, Boise yeah <laughs> you were all over uh you did uh return and parse through the film he's bleary eyed bloodshot eyed there's a few bruises here on the zoom i can tell you were you were really grinding that film all yesterday weren't you bob yeah that was a long day it's kind of like the old days on the with the, with the packer tape and yeah. so it was excellent so i got a pretty good feeling we're going to go by position tyler you want to do that yeah but you didn't answer my question did did you catch the the introductions did you see low wayne leading the team out and but what are your thoughts oh no i did not see that no oh are you familiar with his musical stylings? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> You're not popping in maybe Lollipop or a Millie? Steady Mobbin? No. Nope. The Carter 1, 2, 3, and 4? <laughs> huh? You're you're more of a mixtape guy, is what you're telling me. You're not into the the structure of an album. You you want low weight on the mixtape. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did like Lil Wayne back in college. He was uh, at his peak, and I. All right, we'll we'll just stop there. Let's get into the game. Okay, so Rudy Ford has that interception. Things went south from there. You want to take it position by position, like old times. We could do that. Should we make a few general? You made a few general comments. I'll make a couple general before we go by position. Yeah, good call. Um, so we're going to talk about the McGinn memory on the history of this series. We'll get into that later. Uh, you know, Lafleur at halftime, I mean, he was choked up about how humiliating it was. That was an amazing 20, 30 second interview. Use the word embarrassing. I give him a all the credit in the world, you know, that was very interesting. Uh, we can debate whether this is a changing of the guard in the NFC North. Let's get into that after we go through the whole thing. Um, the Lions right now, they're like junkyard dogs. I wrote down the numbers of 14, 16 players on Detroit that were just playing violent football, throwing people down playing with passion we know right where it stems from right it's from that head coach and he's pushed that stuff in but he's not overt about it at least not in public he's not over the top crazy you know but maybe since his opening you know knee biting thing the the opening presser but I think he just works behind closed doors on guys and uh, he's got people that love to play ball and are playing hard junkyard dogs and they are getting after it. And there was a big difference in the physicality of these two teams. I thought Tyler, 
not only in, in the line play and then the, the hitting and the tackling, it was a big gap. And um, so now Green Bay has to really come to terms with this because they got they got their butts kicked. Uh, any more general thought you'd have before we go, T? It looked like two teams from two completely different weight classes, didn't it? J- just like a, a, a welterweight or a middleweight just stepping into the ring with a heavyweight in, for, for this for the first half. For for one half of football, it was almost an unfair fight. Uh, the Lions were, I mean, you put it perfectly, just mauling them up front, and it is a, it is a direct byproduct of what Brad Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell are looking for in their players. We we've gotten into it. We we had the series that go along before this before the season. They they want to find a very specific type of player, specific DNA. Josh Lucas hit on this as well on that podcast. Like it's so hard to figure out what a player is going to do when they face adversity in the NFL. Do they fold? Do they blast through it? And, and the Lions, I think have mastered that as much as any team in the NFL. They, and you, and you saw it. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of people sitting at home. Like I've never heard of that player before. I've never heard of that player before. And in one-on-one situations, whether it's out wide in the trench, wherever they and I, I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. I want to let you go position by position, but it just, you look at David Montgomery's final stat line. And I think I have it here. Well, it was, um, all right. 32 carries for 121 yards, 3.8 a carry. And you might think ah, 3.8 a carry would, eh, it's nothing, nothing special. But if you watch that game, they, they had complete command up front. Like that offensive line did what it wanted to. Montgomery did what he wanted to, the three touchdowns as well. Psychologically, I think it was a demoralizing game and specifically a half for the Packers. So let's preface the remarks. Let's get the injuries out of the way first. The Packers were down five substantial players. Uh, Left tackle David Bakhtiari, left guard Elgin Jenkins, Linebacker Devondre Campbell, cornerback Jair Alexander, cornerback Eric Stokes. That's five. I may be missing one, but I don't think so. Detroit was down six. Guard uh, Vitae, um, safety Kirby Joseph, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, safety Gardner Johnson, defensive end Josh Paschal, and a DPR designated pass rusher, James Houston. I think the injuries were, I'd say Green Bay was hurt slightly more than Detroit, but it was fairly close. Okay, let's start. Okay. So let's go to the wide receivers. Um, Real quick too, Bob. Like, yeah. It, you, I think you have alluded to this, the offensive line excuse. You know what? I think it was, it was actually Jim Monas. We we all fall victim to, oh, they'd, he, he'd be great if he just had more time. Oh, six sacks, seven sacks, eight sacks. Nine, like, every team is dealing with injuries, just about every team to some degree. And it's, now it's starting to seem like just about every team is dealing with offensive line issues because offensive line play has never been this bad. Two, three guys mm-hmm. get hurt. And it's, I, I want to just eliminate that as an excuse. Am I being too harsh? Well, 
I'm sure if we went through 32 teams and really analyzed it, there'd be some teams right now, Tyler, probably five or six that only have one significant player down. Oh, yeah. The Green Bay's had years like that when I covered them. Not many, but uh, back in the uh, in the championship years in the mid-90s, they were almost untouched by injury at times. You know, there are going to be a couple teams That's that true. really get, get a favorable roll of the dice. And there are others right now who might be down 10 guys. These two teams are six and five. So I don't think you can underestimate it or ignore it. I think but, watching Seattle and Houston is what is kind of uh, le- leading me to this to this take. Because Houston, they're down to one starting offensive lineman. By really? Two. Wow. Yeah. No. Yeah. And maybe a lot of that has to do with Bobby Slowick coming from the Shanahan tree where everything is quick. You know, first read, second read, a lot of pre-snap stuff. I mean, and then C.J. Stroud is just orchestrating the offense beautifully. Um, maybe that, that that does help negate it a little bit, as opposed to reading from one to two to three to four and needing that time. Um, but then even even Seattle, like that Seattle, New York, they both have injuries. Daniel Jones has sacked 10 times, and Seattle's able to, to operate it, to function offensively. I don't think there's a there, there's a, a a skill to just playing fast. That's what I'm saying. I, I think mm-hmm. you have to play. And we're going to get into some plays here. There was a lot of good from Jordan Love in that second half, but there were plays in that first half where it didn't seem like he was playing fast or just getting rid of the ball to 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 somebody he had open, and he took a sack. Bobby Slowick, by the way, I think he was a safety at Wisconsin Oshkosh Titans when his dad was up in Green Bay. I think he played there and then he was just a golfer around the Packers for a year or two. Did you ever meet him, Tyler? No, I haven't. Not me either, but this is, uh, this kid's come from nowhere. And uh, yeah, it's so he's the OC at Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the, uh, the wide receivers. All righty to get the full episode of the Ty and Bob pod, just become a full subscriber at Go Long. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much for the consideration. Eight bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, gets you every podcast, every story. So that is all of the Ty and Bob pod every week, breaking down the Green Bay Packers, the NFC North, and looking around at the entire NFL. This episode specifically as well, we really dive into this game, taking a look at the granular, what went right, what went wrong for both teams. A lot went right for the Detroit Lions. And what does it mean big picture? Uh, The Packers now, they play the Raiders, trying to get back on track. The Lions got to be feeling good about themselves. And Bob made a really good point on Dan Campbell's comments regarding Jamison Williams and what it really means to the Lions and their Super Bowl aspirations, perhaps. The fact that they know they're a contender. You're not going to want to miss that, just like you're not going to want to miss everything from Bob. Breaking down the offensive line play, What exactly happened in the trenches? How did Detroit dominate this game on Thursday night to Jordan Love? A really bad first half, looked good in the second half. What does all of that mean? To Quay Walker on defense, looked great to all of us at home probably. Well, you're going to want to hear what Bob had to say about his game. And of course, uh, the McGinn memory always is, is a fun time going down memory lane, hearing old stories from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for joining our community. No ads, no sponsors. We are completely powered 
by our readers, by word of mouth. So you choosing to become a subscriber, that's really what keeps Go Long going completely. Um, so thank you so much for joining our community. You'll also be able to hang out on all of our happy hours. We just had Steve Calhoun on, Jordan Love's personal quarterbacks coach. That will be available for subscribers, and it gives you an opportunity to hang out with people around the NFL. And the written content, I'll be traveling around the country for stories, have a lot planned now that we have our, our hands around this 2023 season. And you can reach me anytime at Ty Dunn on X, golongtd at gmail.com. If you have a question, a concern, just want to say something, reach out anytime. Thanks, everyone.